Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And joining me for this special episode of the show is Billboard's other Deputy Editor Digital and host of Billboard's Must Hear Music Podcast, Joe Lynch. Hey there, Joe. Hello. How's it going? I'm great. I'm very excited to be here. Well, we're going to tell people why you're here and why it's a special episode in just a second. Because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Now, Joe is stepping in for our regular co-host, the other deputy editor, Digital, Katie Atkinson, as this episode of the podcast is dedicated to one specific pop princess that both Joe and I are quite fond of, Kylie Minogue. Yes, Keith and I will be chatting about essential Kylie Minogue albums and songs, what it's like seeing her perform live and we have an interview with Kylie. Yes, uh, I'm super excited, super stoked. Um, she called in to the show recently to chat all about her new album, Golden, her upcoming Golden Tour, uh, memories of her Afrovi- Afro- Aphrodite, Les Folies Tour. Um, we ended up talking much longer than I anticipated, so it's very exciting. So stick around for that a little bit later on. But first... Before we get started with all the Kylie goodness, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, so on this all Kylie, we can call it the ultimate Kylie episode of the Pop Shop Podcast, we'll be discussing our impressions of her live shows, at least the ones that we've seen, um, some essential Kylie recordings, basically... Uh, tracks and albums of hers that, you know, if you're just starting to get to know Kylie, um, these might be good songs and albums to start with to get to know her. There's a lot of music, so it's really hard to whittle it down. Mm -hmm. So I'm welcoming the flames from people. Um, uh, Joe, let's start with how you saw Kylie super Mm -hmm. recently at the Bowery Ballroom, right, in New York? Yes. Um, That's a fairly intimate venue i think what was it like i need to know everything how long it was how close were you did she breathe near you tell me everything (laughs) um i did not feel her breath but i was pretty close yeah bowery ballroom is a very um intimate venue so huge underplay can you say huge underplay but yes uh tremendous underplay underplay. she's playing to 400 tremendous underplay actually no really Uh, how how big is it like a thousand two thousand it's maybe a couple thousand um I'm always bad guesstimating amounts of people. But yes, I was up on the balcony, um, stage right, looking at her. Uh, she looked absolutely gorgeous. Her voice sounded incredible. There was a part where she was singing uh, not into the microphone, and you could still just hear how wonderful her voice is. Um, but yeah, it was it was also a really special show because she had just played um, New York Pride the night before. And so she was coming off of that and then doing this, which was... Um, just like, honestly, I've seen a lot of shows at Bowery Ballroom and it was the absolute loudest I've ever seen it there. There was just <laughs> so much love from the crowd and so much so that she actually played like extra. She went beyond what her set list was, um, wow. which was very exciting. And she debuted a new song, which appropriately enough was called New York City. Um, it was one of those things where 
she said, you know, you write a bunch of songs for an album and some of it, she said this one, just the vibe of it didn't make sense for this kind of Nashville leaning album that she just released. Right. And it's a very, it was a very like disco-y early uh, 80s, vaguely freestyle sort of sound, uh, song. Yeah, that totally and does not fit with the country vibe of Golden, no. <laughs> it did not, but it was very good. Uh, I will send you some audio of it. Okay. Uh, and there's even a little part where she does like a very slight sort of like blondie rapture rap. Um, it's very cool. I was very excited. And of course, the crowd was just like freaking out, you know, to hear a, a new Kylie song called New York City in New York City. Wow. That's insane. How long was the show? Like two hours? Hour um, and a half? Yeah, maybe like hour and a half. There was like probably 20 songs. Um, and she also did Your Disco Needs You, which was pretty unexpected. Wow. Um, because that's not, I mean, I think that's off of the Light Years album, and that's not really one of those ones that, um, you know, people think about all the time. No, so, but, 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 but we can get in. But, you know, in a, in a day after New York Pride World in New York City, where she's playing to her core fan base, I think they know mm-hmm. that song. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Because, you know, the shows that she's been doing, you know, the underplays that she was doing in support of the album, um, you know, were very golden focused. Like they were focused on, mm-hmm. you know, the new album and like playing mostly just like if she played 12 songs, like eight of them would be from the new album or something. So that's right. pretty cool that she actually played a lot of stuff that, you know, wasn't necessarily on the new album. So yeah, that's nice. Have you seen her before I mean, though? Uh, I'm just curious. I actually hadn't. And Whoa. I feel like a terrible Kylie fanatic for admitting that. Um, but you know, she hasn't played the States enough really um so this is my first time and i was beside myself i'm pretty sure very emotional (laughs) were were you like crying at any point when she played love at first sight i actually did cry a little bit that's probably might be my favorite of her songs that's so that's amazing i mean and to be fair she I, i think she's only played new york like maybe i mean at least twice on tour like mm-hmm. I think so I mean it's it's not often that people in America get a chance to see Kylie in like a proper concert right setting um, like a one-off performance on like a TV show is, is isn't that unusual but to see yeah. her like in a proper show so I'm not you know it's a rarity I'm not faulting you but yeah so should we talk about some essential Kylie recordings Uh, Maybe some songs and albums that people should check out if they're just getting into Kylie and her music. Uh, Yes. I feel like there's a Kylie song called Get Into It. Am I right? I believe so. Um, I I think there, I mean, there's a lot of Kylie songs, so (laughs) there's a good chance that you just say any phrase. There's probably a Kylie song. Indeed. It's like, pick a a general collection of words. She's probably made a song about those words. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to sort of limit this to three songs and three studio albums each. Um, and there will probably be some overlap. Um, we're not going to cheat with uh, greatest hits albums because obviously those are something you should go ahead and listen to anyways because it kind of gives you a nice overview of all of her big hits. Um, mm-hmm. um, and also, you should obviously check out her new album, Golden, um, to hear what to hear what current Kylie is up to. Um, and I do love the Golden album. There's some some really fantastic songs on it there are some very fantastic songs and uh, we talk we talk about that in the interview with her as well and we may talk about it now in a moment i don't know um but these are albums that we're suggesting that are perhaps from earlier in her career though i don't know joe may surprise me and tell me about golden so joe what are your top three essential kind of introductory 
Kylie albums? Well, first and foremost, I think anyone that needs to start with Fever, um, and not just, I mean, it has certainly her uh, most famous stateside hit, Can't Get You Out of My Head, but that's not the reason why. I genuinely think it's one of the absolute best pop albums of the 21st century. I think it's just a near-perfect dance pop record. Um, You know, I'd say you might say maybe towards the end it loses a teeny bit amount of steam, um, but it's just... Even that, like, even the so-called, you know, like non-single filler tracks are just like pure pop perfection, and it has "Love at First Sight" on it, which is um, an absolutely fantastic Kylie song. The title track "Fever" um, is one of those uh, like sickness as a metaphor for love sickness, um, kind of like winkingly, knowingly cheesy uh, type songs, you know, like coming on to the doctor sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very fun, very cute. Uh, so yeah, Fever is is definitely for me the place to start. Um, and after that, I would say Aphrodite, um, which is just another like great album of kind of finding Kylie in her groove, um, you know, like mining the, the sounds of disco and, you know, like club music, but kind of with a more like contemporary sheen. Um, and just the songwriting on that one is great. Like she did when I saw her last night, she did All the Lovers from that album, but did it more acoustic. Um, and you realize, like, even without the studio production, like, it's just a very uh, solid, malleable song. Like, it's, you know, you could recast it in a number of different styles, and it still sounds fantastic. To, to, um, um, you know, to, you can't... I was going to say, to, to enhance what you just said, um, and you probably already know this, and maybe you're going to go there, and now I feel bad that I may have just cut off <clears> your, your train of thought, but when she, was pro- when she was promoting the Aphrodite album... She was talking about how she had the the Dolly Parton litmus test, basically. Where, yes, yeah. It, were you about to tell us that or no? I was, but uh, you, you go for no, it. No, no, no. It's all you, Joe. Go ahead. <laughs> well, she actually, yeah, that was, uh, so when she was making that album, she had the Dolly Parton litmus test for her songs where if, you know, if basically you took the, the bare bones of this song and sang it um, Dolly Parton style, would it still sound good? Um, and... I actually uh, had the honor of interviewing her uh, for a post that was on Billboard.com a few months ago, uh, and she talked about that too and how that kind of fed into this this new record, which uh, was partially recorded in Nashville and uh, has a bit of Nashville flavor to it. Um, did I get that right, or is there any you want to add yeah no basically it's like you know if, if you can take whatever song it is and if you can play it like basically acoustic with a guitar and it still sounds good then you know it's a good song and i think mm-hmm. I, I allegedly she did that with all the aphrodite tracks and that's why as you said they can be malleable and they can you know work in different settings and sort of twist themselves around and um it's it's a good it's a good litmus test i think i think she's caught, she's, yeah. she's I mean, discovered yeah. something <laughs> If you're going to hold yourself to a standard, Dolly's a very good standard. True, yeah, obviously. So you have um, two. And yeah, and then uh, Aphrodite also has Get Out of My Way, which is just like such an anthem. Like it's just from the first like uh, piano notes, it's just like the second I hear it, I'm just uh, like, you know, like your body just like gets excited. Um, it's like a very Pavlovian response for me. But yeah, so that, <laughs> that full album is incredible. Um, and then, I mean, I'll be honest, those are my two, like, I think Stone Cold classic Kylie albums. Um, and then when you kind of go, and she has a big catalog, I think there's, you know, you could say there's stuff to uh, recommend itself on light years and body language. But if I'm going to say, like, someone starting out, I do, I would actually say that the third one you should turn to 
is uh, her debut from 1988, which wow. is just called Kylie. Wasn't because expecting that one. Kind of, <laughs> well, I think it's important to kind of get a general, like, overall career sense of her. Um, and, you know, that was, it's, uh, you know, it's, okay, so it has the locomotion on it, which is a little dated. Um, but it also has I Should Be So Lucky, which is um, one of my favorite 80s songs. It just has a real uh, fun bounce and energy. Um and yeah, and I think just to kind of get like a full Kylie career retrospective, um, you know, for me, Aphrodite and Fever are the classics, but then it's good to like go back and kind of see where she came from, what she started out with, uh, which was definitely in this 80s teen pop vein. But it's, you know, it's solid. I'm not going to say every song on it is perfect, but it's a really fun record. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, mine, and this was hard, like, uh, you know, it's it's easy. It's sort of hard, but easy. Like Aphrodite and Fever... Yeah are the perfect Kylie albums, um, really. And and if you're going to listen to Fever, then you have to listen to the album that actually came before that, which was Light Years, um, which Joe mentioned. And that that was really the the big comeback album for her. Not in America, though. It was the the big Mm -hmm. comeback for her in the UK because it had um, singles like Spinning Around and On a Night Like This and Kids, her duet with Robbie Williams, which was epic and massive when you have these two huge kind of like mega pop stars coming together for this epic track Mm -hmm. um and it also has your disco needs you for what it's worth um the lovely song but it's it's it was a the precursor to what was sort of more fully formed with fever where like light years was kind of like sleek um pop disco fever had a little bit more thumpiness to it and a little bit more kind of sultriness to it i think um but the two of them together is like this great sort of they're both companion pieces of one another and then you know she continued to take that sort of sultry farther after fever with the body language album um Mm -hmm. but so basically i've already picked three but we're gonna not say that i've picked three because we're not gonna count like (laughs) years, even though we are yeah um if i had to pick another album i think her early work um with stock aiken waterman um the people that produced hits like The Locomotion and Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the the her debut album, which Joe mentioned, I think that stuff probably shines better as individual singles. Um, yeah, that's so, probably true. Yeah, but it, but doesn't mean you can't investigate the whole album. Um, so I'm going to pick something from kind of the mid-90s when she was redefining herself in a post-stock Aitken Waterman world. So I'm going to suggest 1997's Impossible Princess. Um, Good choice. uh, Cool. Okay. It shows, I think it shows her range. Um, It's not a straight ahead dance pop album and dance pop is where Kylie, that's her bread and butter. That's what she Mm -hmm. excels at. Um, But this album, she was kind of embracing the edges of pop alternative. You know, she was, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's elements of lots of different kinds of things on it, but it's like this really kind of adventurous album. When I, when I listen to it, it reminds me of kind of where Madonna went with Ray of Light the following year, um, mm-hmm. where she was being experimental in a way that a pop you know, diva can be, and it really worked for her. Um, it's not exactly full of hit singles, like nothing on it is like, is probably familiar to a lot of American audiences. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think sonically it's totally worth investigating and it's really an interesting album and it gives you kind of a a fuller look at what Kylie can do because Kylie isn't just a disco pop queen. 
you know, she can do ballads, she can do these sort of trip hop records, she can do, um, you know, uh, glitzy things, she can do kind of pop rock and roll like stuff from the X record, you know, so she can do all sorts mm-hmm. of things. And I think, you know, it's it's nice to get a full impression of the body of work that she's given us. So that said, how about three starter singles, Joe? Hmm. Well, I feel like, and I guess I'm sort of repeating myself, but I can't get you out of my head. (laughs) I actually, I would not. I mean, that's of course, you know, essential. But for me, I I think uh, "Love at First Sight" is just a little more sublime um, from that from that album. Uh, And then "Get Out of My Way" is just, aside from a really great club song, is a really fun song to run to. Uh Um, If you have a running playlist, add it immediately. Um, and there's actually some, some fantastic remixes of it, too. And there's a live version. Um, I forget where the live version is from, but it's like a six-minute kind of version of that song, which is also incredible. Um, and then I would say uh, I Should Be So Lucky, which last night when I saw her, uh, I wore my That Should Be So Lucky Kylie T-shirt, the vintage Kylie T. Um, that's one of the uh, Scott uh, Aiken Waterman productions. Uh, that I think has aged pretty well, actually. I mean, yeah, it sounds 80s, but um, it's great. But then also, yeah, I would say, if, you know, if I can just slip in a fourth one, then uh, Your Disco Needs You hmm. is uh, another another jam. Did you did you discover or did you sort of really kind of like uh, fully embrace or investigate Kylie like with the Aphrodite album or was it with Fever? Like when did you first it was, kind of get on the Kylie train? It was with Fever because mm-hmm. Can't Get You Out of My Head uh, was on the radio and I liked it. Uh, and this is, you know, rewinding to, I guess, what, 2001, 2002? Yeah. Um, they, you know, so I, I was a, a frequent uh, customer at the record stores, and I think Fever was on sale at Best Buy for, like, 6 or $7. And, wow. you know, that That's was kind of in the era where, um, you know, you kind of had to take a chance on records. Uh, you know, you would only have heard one or two things before you would buy it. Um, and I was like, well, I really like this song. It's cheap. I'll pick it up. Uh, and I fell in love with the album. And so, yeah, so Fever, just listening to that over and over. And then that was kind of my entry point to then start figuring out, like, okay, like, oh, she has this massive back catalog. Um, but, you know, again, at that at that time, it was, uh, you know, in a pre-streaming world. Pre, like um, pre-digital. World, pre, and, pre, pre-digital, really. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was tough to find most of her 90s stuff uh, at all in the States. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I would say, but yeah, and then, um, you know, I kept up with her, but then Aphrodite, of course, that was, uh, you know, that, or I guess, reignited the, the flames of my Kylie love. Yeah. Um, and she's she's done some uh, interesting stuff since then. Uh, the Kiss Me Once album has some good songs. It's not my favorite of hers, um, but there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of sex talk on it. There's a song called Sexercise. There's a lot of uh, songs with the word sex in their title on that album. Yes. Uh, someone actually shouted out a request for Sexercise at the concert, <laughs> and she just laughed. Yeah. So I don't know if that means she doesn't like it anymore, but she took it entirely as a joke that someone suggested that song. Well, um, that's adorable. But Yeah, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I mean, and really, though, the, the new album, Golden, I feel like Raining Glitter... Uh, is one of my uh, favorite Kylie songs just overall right now. I listen to it constantly. It's great. Um, and Stop Me From Falling, which is the, the current single from the album, uh, is a jam, too. 
and that has, uh, a, I guess, what you call it, a remix with Gente de Zona? Gente de Zona. Um, Gente de Zona, yeah, but it's a new version with them on it. So you're recommending about nine good. or ten songs at this point, Joe. All right, I, I'm, I, yeah, all right, so, <laughs> uh, yes, I'm done then. That's, okay. that's all I have to say. Well, for, for, more, for, more, for more of Joe's suggestions, feel free to tweet him. Um, at what, Brannigan Lynch? Is that the, the handle? Yep, okay. at Brannigan Lynch <laughs> um, Well, obviously, for my suggestions, go listen to The Locomotion. Um, it was her, you know, like, you know, that and I Should Be So Lucky were her first big hits in America. So it's kind of like me suggesting that you should go listen to Madonna's Holiday. It's like, yeah, of course yeah. you go listen to those first couple of hits because that's what kind of put Kylie on the map. Um, but outside of The Locomotion and I Should Be So Lucky... Um, you should go to Can't Get You Out of My Head. Like, if you don't want to listen to a full album, just start with Can't Get You Out of My Head. If that doesn't get you hooked, mm-hmm. um, then you're dead inside. Um, and I know it's on Fever. Very true. So I'm, I'm sort of cheating because it's on Fever, but whatever. Um, secondly, Confide in Me. Uh, that's the name of a song. I'm not telling Joe to confide in me. Um, <laughs> I it's, won't. It's a sleek... Um, string-filled ballad um, set over kind of a Middle Eastern-style trip-hop beat. Um, And I think people forget that Kylie can make stuff other than high-energy pop. Um, It's just this great kind of swooning, majestic um, kind of ballad meets mid-tempo, dancey number-ish. Jason, uh, 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 pop shop OG Jason Lipschitz, um, I think described it as sort of like a James Bond styled uh, number. Like it could easily be a James Bond theme. And Kylie should do a James Bond theme. There we go. She, yeah, it's crazy she hasn't. She um, really should. And then my third one, um, Better the Devil You Know. Um, it's one of her later stock Aitken uh, Waterman productions, and it's one of her best. Um, it's a perfect pop nugget from the the early part of her career and I think it sort of is kind of the best of the the early singles and it kind of showed this um she was still kind of pop like newbie but at the same time mm-hmm. you could tell that it was more refined and she was becoming kind of like a greater artist at that point and you could see that there was something bigger that was going to happen I mean it's really hard to boil down a discography of you know you know, more than 10 studio albums and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of singles. Um, so that's just the tip of the iceberg. So go check out All Kylie, but start with what Joe and I have just told you and you'll be set, basically. Yes. yes. Yeah, and after having this chat, I'm definitely, you've, you've, uh, you made me want to listen to Impossible Princess, oh. which is what I'm going to do. The second I put this, uh, I put this phone down. Wow, that's high praise. Thank you, Joe. Um, well, now, it's time for our interview with the one and only Kylie Minogue, the thing that we've been warming you up to this entire time. Well, in our interview, we talked about her latest number one on Billboard's Dance Club Songs chart, uh, the single Dancing. Um, talked about the recording of the new album Golden, and it's her first album where she's co-written every track on the album since Impossible Princess. There's that album again. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about if she visualizes... Um, songs in a live setting as she's recording them? Like, you know, does she think about the sort of how she's going to sing something in concert while she's recording the album? Um, We also talked about how plans are coming along for her upcoming Golden Tour. Um, She has memories of her epic Aphrodite Le Folie Tour. Um, She actually says, quote, I might as well have been Liberace. It was so over the top. 
Um, and we talk about if the tour might come to the U.S. and much, much, much more. So take a listen to our chat with Kylie Minogue. Welcome back to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Kylie Minogue. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm actually really good. I'm kind of wiped out. I've had a big couple of days. Um, but it's all good. Let me get to the congratulations stuff because you got your 14th number one on Billboard's Dance Club Songs chart recently with Dancing. Um, oh my god! I know it's just amazing. Just fourteen number ones, just a few, you know. Yeah, you know, no bother, no easy. Bother. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it must be Go especially. Um, I I, I want to say, you know, it must be especially gratifying to you to see how well received, you know, dancing and and golden have been, you know, kind of embraced by people. Has it been like really rewarding to you? Yeah, it's. I mean, you've you've nailed it because um, it's. It does feel different to to other albums. I mean, success is is success. That's great, uh, and I'm you know thrilled to have you know the 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 dance chart number one to have golden album number one in UK and Australia. But it's the it's people's response to the lyrics and the songs, and um, and they're aware that this has come from uh, much more personal place for me um so i've just been really really moved by people's reactions i know i was i was surprised i mean and i've been following you for a bit and i was surprised that this was the first album in i mean i'm like 20 years or something that you've actually written like had a hand in writing all the tracks on is that right it's been like 20 years yeah well probably yeah probably impossible princess would have been the last one i i wrote wow Gosh, maybe ever. I can't remember if it was everything, because um, I'm always writing. And uh, um, uh, I think the last album, I probably I, I didn't do much writing actually, which was kind of strange. Um, but this time around, I just yeah, I, I had to get in the studio. Um, it was a very healing place for me to be. Um, I didn't intend to, uh, to to be co-writing every track uh, I actually recorded a number of songs that came in from you know from, from outside songs uh, but then when we, when we actually got to the, the real pointy end of the album and had to make decisions and um, okay these these tracks stay these tracks go which is just always it's, it's like a gut-wrenching part of the process because you you know you will you will every song to do well, and some of them just will never make it. And there's other ones that perhaps with a bit more work and time um, could make it. There's good parts to them, but they they just haven't quite hit the mark. Um, and at that point, I realized, oh, I've got written on all these songs, and I think it's it, it's it looked neat and it looked appropriate for what I set out to do. Right. Although it's not not um, it wasn't something that I was. Uh, that I thought I had to do. If if a song came in that said what I was feeling and I could express that and be, make it part of the album, that I would have done that as well. Hmm. Um, I want to circle back, uh, you know, what we started off with and, and saying how you were number one on our club chart with dancing. I wonder, uh, do you actually get to go out clubbing much anymore? 
<laughs> well, you'll you'll note there's there isn't a song about um, going to the club on yeah. this album. True, true. There's the lead single, which is dancing. Um, so yes, yeah, sometimes I, I do. It's definitely not like you know my early twenties, which was living for uh, either the weekend or that night during the week, which was you know, the club, and you'd be out all night. You'd see the sun come up and keep going even then. Um, so I've, I've, I've definitely lived that. Um, I could still randomly have have a big night now. I, you know, I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, that was. I mean, my birthday was pretty a, a, a great one a few weeks back. True, true. Um, so I will probably end up at a club that that. I didn't know I was going to be at <laughs> that type of thing. Um, so, so I, I do end up in places where I'll hear dance music and um, you know party music. That's the best. That's the best kind of. Otherwise, night. it's at home and you've got to move furniture around. I think that's true. It. Uh, I was talking about dancing when I was first doing promo for the album, and people would say, "Well, what's you know, what do you think about dancing?" I said. And I stumbled across this theory that if you have to move furniture, then you're dancing and it's a good night. Yeah. So whether you're at home and kind of, you know, dinner turns into something else or uh, not too long ago, I was uh, at a, an establishment in London, which, I mean, we ended up pushing all the tables to the walls and it turned into this, I mean, everyone was dancing. So, yeah. Furniture wow. moved, good time. When the furniture moves, it's a good time. Um, yeah, exactly. When you were recording the Golden Album, were you thinking of how you'd perform these songs live, or does that that come much later in the creative process for you? Uh, sometimes, yeah, actually, oftentimes I'll, I will imagine uh the performance version of the song mm-hmm. and and some of them don't work because they're more in my mind or in, in that moment I, I kind of need the performance part to to finish the song to kind of um, complete the song uh, and then when you're listening back to it just as a as a recording it doesn't have I mean that's that's in my mind so that's missing from the, the track so there's there's times where I'm 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 going I'm getting way too far ahead of myself because it's it's it, and it never happens. Um, other times, like with dancing, I was pretty sure there'd be um, some of what ended up in in the performances for dancing with with some line dancing and you know definitely paying tribute to the the country influence. Right. Um, I mean, I will always want amazing lighting i'll always want a confetti drop a glitter drop <laughs> you know twinkling lights lasers just, just the, the, I, I absolutely love it i love the magic that you can, re- can create and the, the feeling that you can create through the performance so yeah sometimes i get carried away when we've only just written it and i'm just whacking down some vocals in the studio and i'm sudden i'm i'm thinking i'm on stage and there's twenty thousand people never happens yeah well i mean that's good well that actually sometimes it does yeah, but sometimes. in some moments it definitely doesn't well it's it's good that you when you get that excited about a track that you're already envisioning it like in front of twenty thousand people that means you probably are on to something so that's a good sign <laughs> um yeah. you know the golden tour starts in september have you already settled mm-hmm. on a set list for the for the show yet we are pretty settled on a set list. I mean, it's 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 always um, 
it's, well, we've got to, I'm just about to reveal this. We have a saying between myself, my music, musical producer, and you know some of the team when, when we're at this kind of creative um, juncture. Um, Sally Scissors is always in the wings, and she can come out at any point in time, and she'll just, when she, you know, they can see her, see Sally Scissors coming when I start to make certain kind of faces or shapes about, you know, trying to figure out the set list, and I go, no, no, that one's not working. Cut it, cut it. Oh, there's Sally Scissors. So the set list is, is, I think it's in a good shape, um, but once we get in, really start rehearsing and and putting all the other elements of the show in, I reckon there's normally like kind of a, a five to ten percent where it'll be massaged. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what this means is you're gonna so to to cut to the chase. What what this means is yeah. you're, you're going to play cowboy style on the tour, right? <laughs> This is to be revealed. Ah, shoot. I was hoping you would reveal something. It only makes sense. I mean, obviously, Cowboy Style has nothing to do with Nashville, but thematically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we could, we, we, I mean, we're we're considering all of the options. I mean, it's really, it's, I think it's the most difficult part of putting the tour together. Um, I mean, in my early days, the start of my career, it was difficult because I didn't have enough songs to even make a show I had to do lots of covers and now you have too many Kylie (laughs) and now I have too many which is just I mean I've been saying that for a while now and and I still I'm still (laughs) it's amazing to me yeah so it's it's really tricky doing the set list we know some people are going to be disappointed because I don't get this song or that song but then we've done that the last two tours so do we do it again how many people were at the last show I mean it's it's a it's a juggling act yeah but like i say i think we i mean i think audiences instinctively know that uh it's the golden tour so it's based around the golden album um i've just been thinking back to because now we we are in the stages of developing um the set the stage the, the lighting you know all of the elements and i was thinking back to fever being um, Fever 2002 for that album. Everything about that was very kind of, um, you know, it was, it was icy. It was strong. It was quite robotic, yeah. which went with the sound for a lot of those songs. Then Aphrodite was com- like, I, I mean, I might as well have been Liberace. It was so over the top. It was amazing, um, Kylie. Do not ever diminish <laughs> that <you>. tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so those, so, so the what we've done with Golden and the the vibe, the the kind of the visuals we've had for Golden and what the performances I've done so far is different to both of those things. So that's our starting point is um, is, is the music basically and performing all of those songs. I, I did ten songs from the album on our um, uh, on the place, like the album launch shows. Right. And I, it just went, the time went by so quickly. There was no distractions. Uh, you know, I think I loved it. The audience loved it. So we know we've got a good starting point with songs from this album and everything else on top of that is, is, is I mean, that's where the, the difficulties start. That's <laughs> which, which, which older songs we choose and how many, how many um, surprise moments that are 
a little more obscured we put in for super fans. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun yet sl- slightly stressful part of the process. Um, if we had more time, I would detail every track that I would want you to play from the new album, but we don't. Oh, come we on. Give, give me a quick... Give, give me a quick uh, well, only Why only not? only if you tell the publicist that's probably lingering in the background that we've gone over the amount of time, but you're okay with that. No, no, there's there's no one knocking at the door. Oh, so wonderful! Well, then we'll, we'll, ju- we'll just chat for the next hour. I'm kidding. Don't worry. <laughs> um, obviously, you have to play "Dancing," "Stop Me from Falling," and "Golden." Duh. Yeah. I think "Live a Little" will be great because it's it's very thumpy and it's very fun. Um, okay. I think "Raining Glitter" would be so cool to see on stage. Raining Glitter is so much fun to perform live. Literally, that's like you've just all had a packet of candy. Exactly. We're just, we absolutely love it. And um, and the audience all join in on the, you know, the whoops, all of those, which are kind of, they get it wrong half the time, which is hilarious. <laughs> so um, we love that. So Raining Glitter, check. Yes, good. Um, I think, and this is a bonus track, so it's probably going to be a tough one to throw into the set list, but I think Lost Without You would be fantastic. Um, I totally agree. Great. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's an amazing lyric in there for people listening. There's a lyric that says, we're all glitter and tears in the moonlight. And when you hear it, it just knocks you over. And thank you. I mean, goodness gracious. Okay, so I'll stop that now. I'll move on. No, well, I'm with you. Um, Lost Without You is, is a bonus track on the deluxe album, but it's one that literally, oh, it, it does something to me. And it's kind of on the, the the framework and the feel of everything else in Golden, where we've got this, you know, we're still a lot of synth pop, but there's, of course, the influence of, of country. We've got some more organic sounds in there at this time. Um, and lyrically and mel- melodically, you can definitely hear the country influence. Um, Lost Without You, we think, is on is probably on the outskirts and maybe the more modern end of Nashville. Yeah. Um, and I, I that's go that I can tell you that is going in the tour because I want to experience that song live. You would be lost without it on tour. Hey, I, I would be, and I'd mm. probably be banished because um, I, I, I think you're not alone in, in wanting to hear that. So. Oh, fantastic! So good. We've agreed on one song from the set list for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and no, two. We're raining glitter as well. Perfect. Well, we have two out of the probably 25 songs settled. Done. Um, <laughs> exactly. I have two short questions to end with. Um, right now, there are dates uh, announced for the UK. Is there hopes that maybe the tour will expand to Europe, Australia, possibly America? I know I'm getting my hopes up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think we're just going to try to get through UK and Europe. And actually, I mean, you, you really, it is the moment where all the elements are coming together for what we, you know, what what we are designing for the show. Right. Um, obviously, I would love to get to as many places as I can. Um, so, yeah, or watch see. the space. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, well, I, I've seen you at the Hollywood Bowl here uh, twice, and I saw you at the O2 yeah. for the uh, Aphrodite tour, which was probably one of the most oh, magical. Oh, so you saw the Aphrodite with all the, the water features. Yes. Cool. It's um, staggering and probably one of the most magical uh, live performances I've ever seen. Um, so when you go, when people, it was total madness. I I will say that it was amazing, but it was, it was madness. What you want to take fountains on the road around Europe. And I mean, it was, 
it was nuts. I'm amazed no one like slipped and hurt themselves. And I'm amazed that you came out of that unscathed. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of us came out of it unscathed. There's always, you know, bruises and injuries and cuts and all sorts of things that you don't feel in the moment because you're, you're kind of running on, on adrenaline. Um, there was a couple of incidents with the water where we couldn't heat it in time for the dancers and they were very <laughs> brave and and, and um, kind and, and went through with the show anyway because that water would get really cold. It's the pneumonia um, tour, and everyone. Actually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and there was the the um, the area that we called that was kind of like a hug in the centre, um, which will, on the next tour, of course, be the Golden Circle, naturally. Mm-hmm. But on for this one, we didn't have a name for it, and we just suddenly got worried at one point that, okay, there's fountains crossing over this section of the audience, and it, although the fountains are um, as, as precise as can be, they're not that precise that you could say, 100% for sure, no one's going to get wet mm-hmm. or no one's bones going to get wet or, you know, that there could be water on the floor and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, where, where where there's a problem, there's a solution and possibly a gain in some, in, in some, like so many instances. And uh, that was the case with this where we called it the splash zone. Yeah, appropriately. I mean, people, first we were worried about people in the splash zone getting wet so you know we gave them a poncho and a towel and and said look this might happen well it was completely the opposite people would turn up and say where's the water where am i going to get wet i want to I, I, I you know that's all they wanted and we said well we can't actually tell you because it's it's just different every night that's so crazy. yeah it was, it was kind of an it was an, an amazing tour um and i gosh just talking about it now really puts me back in that uh, zone and that frame of mind and I can't wait to do the next shows with all this new music and you know it, it's going to be uh, I mean it, it always is a bit of a trip down memory lane with, with the older songs Yeah. but uh, I've got an incredible band who are just they're just blowing my mind at the moment so we are all we're, we're all really looking forward to it. You know you bring so much joy to fans through your music and your live shows um, who is that artist that does that for you? Who is the person that inspires you and, and just, you know, makes you go, oh my goodness, they are amazing? Uh, well, many, many people, but recently with, with this album and being in Nashville, I, I have gone into a Dolly Parton Vortex <laughs> on YouTube a lot. Um, it's a good so vortex to be in, Kylie. Of, <laughs> it's a, um, there's maybe no better one. Um, so... Yeah, and, I, and I, I have only seen Dolly Parton perform once, which was at the Hollywood Bowl. And my summary of seeing her is that it was like seeing the light. And so she's wildly inspiring to me, as she is for so many people around the world, not only for her music, but just her 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 heart and her tenacity and her... Her, um, you know, just, just she, she's just Dolly. That's she's just it. Dolly, so, come on, just Dolly. And if you want some reassurance or to feel good and and have that joy and positivity, you you don't need to go any further than Dolly, basically. So well, if I have a tiny bit of that, then I'm I'm, I'm just I'm um, very humbled by that. 
Well, I think you do, and I think a lot of people would agree about that. And uh, this has been a treat speaking to you, Kylie. Um, Everyone, make sure to check out Kylie's new album, Golden, and to see her on tour later this year. Thank you so, so much for taking some time to talk with me, Kylie. You're welcome. Um, And I hope the listeners of the Pop Shop podcast um, have had a good time. Oh, I I think they have, certainly. And thank you so much, Kylie. All right, take care. Thank you so, so much to Kylie Minogue. She's fabulous and warm and lovely and gay, just raining glitter everywhere, basically, is is (laughs) sort of the, the... operative uh, phrase right now um make sure to check out her new album golden of course and do try to see her on our tour starting in september if she's coming to a city near you um or you can just go fly and see her i mean there are worse things that you could do um visit kylie.com for all the tour dates and more and now <laughs> it's time for the chart stat of the week <laughs> This week, 30 years ago, Kylie Minogue. Hey, it's that lady again. Uh, She got her first top 40 hit on the Billboard Hot 100 with her first U.S. hit, I Should Be So Lucky. Indeed, this was her first U.S. hit, not The Locomotion. Uh, The track climbed 42 to 35 on the Hot 100 chart dated July 2nd, 1988. And it ultimately peaked at number 28 two weeks later. Kylie went on to score further hits, of course, on the list with The Locomotion, Can't Get You Out of My Head, Slow, and much more. And in addition to her Hot 100 action, she's also, as you heard during our interview earlier, scored 14 number ones so far on our Dance Club Songs chart over the years. So there you have it. This week, 30 years ago, Kylie Minogue got her first top 40 hit on the Hot 100 with I Should Be So Lucky. Okay, we have reached the end of our very special All Kylie edition of the Pop Shop Podcast. Do you have any parting words, Joe? And I just want to say thank you so much for doing this, by the way. Thank you so much for having me. Um, All I have to say is I should be so lucky to see Kylie Minogue live many more times because she was so fantastic in concert. You know, you're not that far away from London. You could just uh, fly over to London, find an excuse, you know, to go later on this year. You're right. Yeah. Why not? Just just quick jet off to London, see her every opportunity. I mean, I've... I've literally done that before. I've actually flown for the weekend. I saw that's how I saw the Aphrodite Le Foley tour. Like I left on a Thursday from LA and took a flight to London, got there Friday at like two and saw her Friday night at the O2 arena. And then had one like sort of proper full day in London on Saturday and then flew back on Sunday. That is devotion. That's, that's I also, bow down. That's also crazy. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, I didn't want to put it that way, but yes. That's all right. But I mean, it was it was special. I mean, you know, as she said, she was like Liberace. Um, okay. So normally we go out on a song on during the show, Joe. Uh, we close the show with like, you know, 10 seconds of a particular pop song of our choosing. I'll let you pick the song this week. And I would assume it should be a Kylie record. Pick something maybe we okay. haven't talked about yet, because uh, we'll have already played snippets of all those songs we talked about earlier, so maybe something that we haven't mentioned. Um, let's see. What should we do? Let's do maybe a fever deep cut. Okay. Um, let's go out. 
consult your track on, list. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Uh, in your eyes, I love that one. Oh, that's a good one. Let's go out on that. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thanks, Joe, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you. It's in the-